It's awesome to be with all of you this morning, and I hope you know, as, uh, as we kick off our message this morning, normal people don't do this. You guys know that on a Sunday morning. Most normal people in our culture right now, they don't get up on Sunday morning, come to church, and worship their hearts out. That's, but that's who you are, and here we are. We are different. We're not like everybody else. Uh, we did a message a few weeks ago on Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're not here to be normal just for the sake of being normal. We're not like everyone else. God is in our life. For that reason, we're starting a series this week called Be Different. Because as I want to show you, different is better. It is. It's better. So we're going to see. want to be different. Uh, our family, the Vincent family, took a road trip. Last year, uh, we drove to Florida with friends in Jacksonville, and then our neighbors moved to the Tampa area. So we drove to Jacksonville, and then from there went to Tampa and stopped at Orlando on the way and went to, a, went to SeaWorld Orlando, which was really cool. Has anybody been to, to SeaWorld? And, oh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, saw the dolphin show, and I don't know what it was about that, but um, I was so overwhelmed by, by just this, this show. Uh, I got tears in my eyes, and my wife looked over. She's like, are you crying? I was like, no, it's allergies. Come on, allergies. But like so many of you, our family chose to drive to Florida. And I think it was about a 12 or 13-hour drive to Jacksonville, and we have two kids, and, you know, that can be a long drive, especially if you have kids in the car. So what do you do? You pack some snacks, you got some activities, play music, sing a little bit. I found a great playlist on Spotify that had some fun, energetic Christian music. And uh, this one song kept playing over and over again, and then we just started playing it over and over again. It's such a fun song by Sarah Reeves called Not My Style. And I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but your homework today is to go home, uh, find Not My Style, turn it on. But do me a favor, you gotta turn the volume up loud because you're probably going to want to sing. You might want to dance a little bit. It's a fun song. Uh, but we just, we kept playing this song over and over between here and Florida. And um, the words go like this. It says, I could give in, I could cave, follow suit, and play it safe. But that's not my style. And she goes on and says, says like, since when is being different weird? Um, and she says, like, I don't need your opinion, which I think is really pretty cool. Um, but the whole song's really a declaration from Sarah Reeves that she's not like everybody else, and that's okay. It's not her style to be like everybody else, and, and because different is better. Uh, she talks about writing this song um, in an interview with CCM Magazine. Do you guys know what CCM means? Uh, it, what is it? Contemporary Christian Music Magazine? Okay. And uh, she talks about how she wrote this song as a response to criticism and the vocal opinions of others. Does any, anybody you have people in your life that like to give you their opinion, right? We all do. And this is what she said in this interview. She said, it's never been my style to play it safe or just go with the flow. There will always be haters and people with opinions about what I do. I used to let it get me down, but now it just tells me I'm doing something right. I like that perspective. I'm doing something different. I must be doing something right. I love that perspective. Well, I can't hear this song without thinking about our road trip to Florida because we played it so many times between here and there. And 
Do you guys know the Bible has songs like that? They're called the Songs of Ascent. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 127 today. It is a song of ascent. If you have your Bible, open it up to Psalm 127. Psalm 127, just like uh, Not My Style, is a road trip song. And it expresses the wisdom of being different. So the first thing we notice about Psalm 127 as you get there, um, you'll notice it says Psalm 127 in your scripture, and then right underneath that, it says a song of ascents. A song of ascents. So back in those days, people from all across Israel would take annual trips to Jerusalem so that they could celebrate the festivals and worship God. And uh, scholars today tell us that these songs of ascents are like their road trip playlist as they were making that journey to Jerusalem. In fact, if you read the Gospels, you, you remember how Jesus would go to Jerusalem for some of the festivals and to worship God? So this was an annual trip that they would make. And the songs of ascents were their road trip playlist. It's a collection of 15 songs from Psalm 120 to 134. They're all right there in the book of Psalms. And when people traveled to Jerusalem, they would travel with their families or their friends. And these were the songs that they would sing on the road and on their journey. And Psalm 127 is one of those songs of ascent. You'll also notice in the superscription that it says, uh, of Psalm 27, that it's of Solomon. A song of Solomon. And that, that word of could mean a couple of things. It could just mean that this is a song by Solomon. In that case, it's one of two songs in the book of Psalms that are written by Solomon. But it could also mean that it's, uh, it was perhaps written by David for Solomon. Uh, and maybe that's what it was for. Um, we're not exactly sure, but what's interesting is that when we read this Psalm 127, and as scholars have studied it, it has been classified as a wisdom song. It, it bears all the trademarks of wisdom literature. So the link to Solomon should not surprise us. You guys remember in the Bible how God gave Solomon this uh, extraordinary wisdom? And he had so much wisdom that people would come from all over the world just to, to listen to him and, and to get insight for their life. The same wisdom is available to us today when we read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and other wisdom literature that's ascribed to Solomon. Well, even though Solomon is best known for his Proverbs, he actually wrote many songs. I don't know if you guys know this. 1 Kings uh, 4.32 tells us that Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. Wow, that guy did a lot of writing of both proverbs and songs. I actually believe that this song was written by Solomon. And as we read it, because it's a wisdom song, it can increase our wisdom. That we can grow in wisdom so that we can live our best possible life. And that's our goal for this series called Be Different. We want to discover God's principles for life so that we can have different marriages, raise our kids different, have different families, different friends, and really truly allow God to transform our life. Because we only need to look around a little bit and we start to notice that normal isn't working um, in the lives of so many people. So what if we made a change? What if we said like Sarah Reeves, hey, that's just not my style. As for me and my house, we'll be different. We will serve the Lord. Because different is better. Let's take a look at Psalm 127. 
and dive in. Psalm 127, a song of ascents. Think road trip song of Solomon. Verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in the court. It's the word of the Lord. Let's pray and we'll get into our message. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for each person here today, Lord. We thank you for the gift of uh, a church, of a fellowship, of believers. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We know your word is powerful. God, it, it, uh, it shakes the earth, God. It breaks the rocks and it can transform our heart um, as we open our heart and our lives to you. So God, speak to us today, change our lives, help us to be different. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to walk a little through, bit through this psalm, but mostly the first paragraph there. Um, the first thing I notice about Psalm 127 is that this really is a song about our life. It's about our normal life, our day-to-day -day life. It mentions raising children, talks about working hard. Um, the first thing it begins with is just the idea of building a house, or building in the Building a house in the Bible can have a couple of different senses. First of all, it could mean literally building a house. Um, I don't know how to do that, but I imagine you get some lumber, you get some nails, and somehow you got a house, right? And some of you probably are a little bit more talented at that, um, but it could literally mean building your house, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, and could be talking about actually constructing a house. But there's also another sense that the Bible talks about building a house. And it's really the idea of making a home. And, and it's something that, that we all, uh, you might call it like, like kind of the American dream. It's what, it's what we're all driven to pursue in life. Whether it's you know, getting our education, starting a career, uh, getting married, raising a family, financial security. We're... We're building a house. We're making our home. So it can also have that sense of building our house. We're building our, our life. We're finding our security. Here at Hope, we have many uh, different people in all stages of life. And maybe you're here today and you're actually finishing a degree. Or maybe you're raising kids. Or maybe you're looking towards uh, retirement and what that might take. Um, all of those things are worthy pursuits. In the Bible, those are good things, they're important things, and they're a core part, central activity of our life. Now, Psalm 127 also talks about guarding a city, and it moves from building the home to protecting our community or guarding our community. And I'm really thankful, uh, and, and I know you guys are too, aren't we thankful for the people who guard our community, whether they serve as police officers or, or our military? Um, that's really important that not only are we building our little isolated house, but we need the protection of our community. Um, but we all know that that also goes higher than just those who serve us in those roles, even to our government officials and the policies they make and political decisions that are being made. Um, those are just as important. In Jeremiah 29, the prophet Jeremiah, well, actually he writes a letter to the exiles in Babylon. 
And he shares God's heart for them while they're living in the city of Babylon. This is what he says. First he says, build houses. Jeremiah 29.5. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. So yeah, God says, uh, get married, raise families. Some of you are in your uh, you know, late teens, 20s. This could be a life first. I'm just saying, it's not, you're not too young. Well, you are too young, but as somebody who got married at a young age, you know what? This is a good thing. Building families, having children, getting married, all those things are great things. And God actually says, hey, man, that's a beautiful thing. But then he goes from the family level to the city level. And then he says, pray for the city and seek its prosperity. I really like that. Was Babylon like this most godly nation on earth? Absolutely not, right? So it's not a godly nation, but God said, hey, pray for this nation. Pray for this city. Seek its prosperity. And Jeremiah 29, 7 says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And so what happens in, in the political life of our nation is actually matters. It's actually important to us because we care about our community. We care about our, our nation. And so we pray for our leaders. I think we all know that how much the decisions that people make can affect our lives as we've looked over things that have happened in our life over the last few years. See, this psalm is about our lives. It's about our normal, everyday life and how God is either a part of that or not part of it. There's another one, work. Um, I'm just going through these and showing you that Everything we're talking about here has value and is significant to us. Now, here at Hope Community Church, many of us are, are working class people. I'm looking at the salt of the earth here this morning. I'm ones who, who make this country great. You know, I'm, I'm the son of a sheet metal worker. So we all know what it's like to work hard and to get up early and to go to bed late just to put some bread on the table or just to provide for our family or just to make ends meet. We all know what that's like. You know, it's been said that the average person will spend about 80,000 hours at work. That's a long time. 80,000 hours, right? Um, it's a part of our life. And the Bible speaks not just of the toil of our work, but also the value of hard work. Hard work is important. Uh, Solomon writes in Proverbs 13:4. so from uh, Solomon's song to Solomon's Proverbs, he says, Lazy people want much, but get little. And then he says, those who work hard will prosper. And I'm looking at some hardworking people here today. And that matters. That's valuable. Our work counts. Um, the song about normal life mentions one more thing, and that's children. I love this at the end. It says, children are a blessing from the Lord. I think a lot of times in our culture, uh, we talk about how much a burden children are. But children aren't a burden. Children are a blessing. He says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And there's great hope for the next generation and the difference they can make. Um, we're raising arrows. We're sharpening them to go out into the world and to make a difference. You know, some people think this last paragraph about children is off topic. And I would say it's very much on topic. We're talking about building a house, protecting our city. Isn't it interesting it ends with children being a blessing from the Lord? And raising them to be arrows in the hands of the warrior. So they can stand confidently at the city gate. 
right, at the place where business takes place, at the place where battles take place. We're raising our children to be ready for the battles that they will face. So why does Psalm 27, 127 go down to the core activities of our life? I want you to listen to what a scholar on the Psalms named Derek Kidner had to say. And this is where we're going. Derek Kidner said, This psalm singles out three of our most universal preoccupations, building, security, and raising a family, and makes us ask what they all amount to. It looks at the most central activities of our life. It says, what does this amount to? Are you getting everything out of life that you dreamed you would get out of life? Or have you slipped back into normality? Have we drifted into mediocrity? See, doing normal things the way normal people do always give us the norm. But God has something so much better for you and for me than normal. He has amazing things for our life. If I could show you something from Psalm 127, I think we know this intuitively. And it's just the idea that normal isn't working. It's not. Normal isn't working in our government. Normal isn't working in marriages. Normal, by the way, is not working for our kids. Let's talk about normal. Look at Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. Do you guys see the picture here? Somebody's building a house. They're engaged in a worthy pursuit. We, that's what we just talked about. Building this house. That's awesome. And yet God's not involved in it. He's not a part of it. Somebody's watching over the city. We need that. But they never ask God for help. Or somebody's just working morning to evening, toiling hard, and yet they're working in their own strength. This is something that the Bible calls self-sufficiency. We don't think we need God in the normal activities of our life. And, and, it, and that's... We, you know, we have so much to do. We go about our day, schoolwork, work, work, activities with kids, busy schedules. And I think any one of us could dive into all of those things and not simply acknowledge God. And every one of us here, myself included, are very prone to do this. I would actually say it's natural. In a sin-filled world, there is nothing more normal than to live our lives very distant from God. You know, we live in an increasingly secular culture where God has less and less influence on our daily lives. Um, to uh, this, a non-religious attitude towards life is very much the norm. Have you guys noticed that? Kind of the norm? So my wife was an elementary school teacher for many years. She worked in a public school. And she had an amazing opportunity to befriend many of her coworkers. Uh, a lot of them didn't go to church. They were not religious people. Um, but they, as they got to know Angie, they got to, to meet the Jesus inside of Angie. And she actually had opportunities right on the, in the public school classroom to pray with some of her, her co-workers, friends that were teachers. She would um, share the love of Jesus. And there was one co-worker that you know, she got to know really well. And, and her co-worker literally said, like, I'm so glad God is a part of your life. But I just got to be honest. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I just don't think I need it. 
And in our culture today, that is so normal. To just live by our own strength, to do things our own way, to not think twice about God. Where um, so many people live their lives, they just say, I'm good. I don't need God. After all, look at what I've done. I worked hard to get through school. I built my career. I'm successful. I think I'm okay. In our culture, it's not unusual to disconnect our normal life from a relationship with God. And that's not just people outside of the church. That's me. That's people inside of the church. Pastor Craig Rochelle actually coined a term, which I think is very cool. He calls it a Christian atheist. Say, what? Those, how do those two things go together, Christian and atheist? And he said, this is what a Christian atheist is. It's somebody who believes in God, but lives their life like he doesn't exist. We're all prone to do this. I am prone to live my life and forget about God or to act like he doesn't exist. And the reason that we're all prone to do this is because of sin. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden where um, the serpent tempted Adam and Eve with the fruit of the tree. And, and what, did, what was the temptation? S Satan said, if you will eat this, you will be wise. You won't need God. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. You can make these decisions for yourself, Adam and Eve. You don't need God. You can figure it out on your own. The Bible calls this sin pride. Pride is the sin behind every other sin. Pride is really hoping to, it, it, pride is really um, seeking to live our lives independently from God. And that separates us from God. It keeps us from him. And all the while we're saying, I'm good. I got it. I got it. And that, there's nothing more normal than that. But guys, normal isn't working. It's not working for so many people. What do you mean? How is normal not working? Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. So Solomon says, take the most central aspect, aspects of your life. Building your home, securing your future, working hard for a living. If God's not a part of that, Solomon says three times, it's what? In vain. Wow. What does that mean? The word vain in the original language of the Old Testament, get this, means deceptive, delusional, and unsuccessful. All right, so we're getting to the wisdom part of the wisdom literature. Solomon's saying you want wisdom for your life. You're going to build that house without God, build my life, build that marriage. Be careful. It could be deceptive, delusional, unsuccessful. God's not in it. Everything is good until it isn't. Because we didn't follow God's plan and we didn't trust in him. I remember the first wedding that I performed. Love the couple. Today they're divorced. I guarantee nobody goes to the altar saying this marriage isn't going to last. We always think this is going to be the best day of my life. And yet, when it's not built on the Lord... There are other reasons that marriages fall apart. But you know what's normal today? 
for marriages not to work. Over half of all marriages end in divorce. How many more people are living in, a, in an unhappy marriage? Guys, this is normal. Deceptive, delusional, unsuccessful. What's normal with finances? Uh, to be honest, it's pursuing a lot of material things that will never satisfy. Normal is broke. Normal is living paycheck to paycheck. Normal is debt. But when we make that purchase, we think this is the best thing. Yet it ends up apart from God and apart from seeking his wisdom with our finances. It can be deceptive, delusional, unsuccessful. What about our kids? I worry so much about our kids. Our children today are so stressed out. They are under so much pressure. Um, I, did you know, I don't know if you've heard this, um, the, according to psychology today, the average teenager has as much anxiety as a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. That's how much anxiety our children live with today. Normal is not working for our kids. Normal always leaves us disappointed in the end. If God's not in it, Solomon says, beware, it could be in vain, deceptive, delusional, unsuccessful. Normal isn't working. So here's our encouragement for the series. Be different. Let's leave normal behind. I don't want to be normal. Don't need that anyway. Normal's not my style. God's in my life. What's normal? Normal's anxiety. It's fear. It's shame. It's guilt. But what's different? Joy. Peace. The presence of God. Freedom. Fulfillment. This is what's on the table for every one of us today. We can settle for normal or we can choose something better than normal. In verse 2, Solomon says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. We've all been there doing that. That's for sure. But then look at this. I love this line. He grants. Who's the he? That's God. God grants sleep. And God grants peace. God grants rest, hope to those he loves. Makes me ask, why would I ever leave God out of my life? Why would you ever leave God out of your life? It says right here, he loves you. He loves us. He loves me. He loves us so much. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants to be a part of every aspect of our life. How much does God love us? Do you know how much God loves you? How much he loves me? Romans chapter 5 verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. While we said, I don't need you God, I got this. And while we're living in disobedience and breaking his heart, that's when God said, I love you. And that's when Christ died for us. That's how much God loves us. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants a relationship with us. And that's why Jesus came. So that all of our sins could be forgiven. I had to put all that away so that we might actually step into a new life with God. And the Bible calls this life in God eternal life. It's it's a life of knowing God and experiencing the joy of his presence. And that can begin right now for you. It can start today. And it begins simply by saying, God, I am so sorry. I realize now 
Normal's not working. And today I just say, I confess my sins and I am choosing to trust in you. Would you come into my life and would you change my life? God loves to answer that prayer and he will come in. He'll send his Holy Spirit. He'll fill your heart up with his peace, his presence and his joy and you can live the rest of your life in a relationship with him. But that's not just for those who are starting a relationship with God. What about for uh, people like me who sometimes live as a Christian atheist? How do I experience more of God's presence in my life? How do I involve God in my everyday? And what I'm learning slowly, albeit, is that the key to walking with God in my everyday life is actually trust. It's learning to trust in him with every aspect of my life. In the words of Psalm 27, it's saying, I trust you, God, in my home and how I'm building it. I'm going to do it your way. I trust you, God, with my kids and how I'm raising them. I'm going to do it your way. God, I trust you with my financial needs and how I'm working to meet those needs. And I'm praying, God, that you will provide for me. It is trusting God. Do you guys remember uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Another verse from Solomon. Sorry, I don't have it up here, but it's coming to my mind. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We're not depending on ourselves. It's, we're trusting in God. And then it says, in all your ways acknowledge him. I'm acknowledging you, God, today. I'm acknowledging you while I go to work. I'm acknowledging you in everything I do. And then it says, he'll make your path straight. Not delusional. Hopeful. Successful. He's going to lead us. He's going to make our path straight. But it's not just direction for life that we get from God or success as we follow his plans and principles what it says in Psalm 127 I love this it says he grants sleep to those he loves some of you guys can just take that right now you're having trouble sleeping you're anxious at night we can actually rest because God's on it 24 7 he's got it he grants rest he calms our anxious thoughts he stills our anxious heart he grants peace and rest to those he loves you remember what jesus said he said come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and i will give you rest would you come to jesus would you come to christ would you open your heart to his loving presence this morning he'll he'll fill your heart with the fullness of his love this is there's a different way of doing life that's not like everybody else where God is a part of every second of every moment of every day. He's a part of how we raise our kids and how we lead our families and how we make friends and how we plan for the future. And when we do that, we'll never be normal again. And to be honest, I don't want to be normal. I want to be different. Since when is normal such a great thing anyways? Different is better. That's what we're going to see in this series. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to have a different marriage, uh, to raise kids differently and that goes for parents grandparents anybody who's in the life of a child we're going to talk about uh, making a difference in the next generation we're going to talk about different friendships and today is just the beginning of that series that can really change our life but we're going to get into some of the real life stuff over the next few weeks so be praying be seeking god for how he wants to make a change in your life but uh, that's where we're headed because different is better so let's pray god thank you for this morning and thank you that we don't have to be normal like everybody else. You've actually revealed yourself to us in a powerful way. And God, I pray that um, we would learn to 
be connected with you in our lives and in our everyday lives. Um, there's nothing more normal than, than going through the, the activities of our day feeling disconnected from you. So God, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to fill our lives to the full so that we know you're, we're with you. God, help us to start our day in your presence so that the whole rest of the day is connected with you. God, I don't know how I would do it, but to meet with you every single morning and just say, God, here I am. I surrender this day to you. So that's what we're doing right now. Today's Sunday. It's the first day of the week. And so here we are at the very beginning. God, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our lives to you. And we ask that your presence would fill this week. God, I pray right now for people in this room who are battling anxiety over finances. They're, they're fearful about their children or whatever it is, God. We ask for your peace. And we say those, those important words, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, God. Thank you that you reign. Thank you that you're sovereign. Thank you that you will lead us and guide us as we acknowledge you. And there's nothing you can't get us through. So God, I pray for peace for each heart in this room. I pray for rest and a sense that you're carrying us through each and every moment of our lives. We surrender our anxious thoughts to you, God, right now in this moment. Come and fill our lives with joy and peace as we believe in you. You're an awesome God. And we know you got us. And you love us. So we give you this week. We give you our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.